Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com, and on Apple Podcasts. We, wow, I'm just going to get right into it. What a game we had last night, the MLB American League wildcard game. We talked about this. We just talked about this yesterday. The Boston Red Sox, 6-2, winners over the New York Yankees. Yankees live and die by the home run ball. I'm going to take you back in the day, all right, before I start before I start on this game. Back between, I'd say, 2007-ish, 2000, between 2007, really all the time, really forever, not recently, but normally. But specifically speaking, my eyes, about 2007 to like 2015, with the Duke Blue Devils. I am a Duke Blue Devil fan, and I watch them every single basketball game. And I've done this since around, you know, watching every single basketball game around 2007, I'd say. But here's the thing. The Duke Blue Devils lived and died by the three. If they shot four for 20 against North Carolina, or if they shot five for 24 in the, in the tournament, they were not going to win the ball game. They needed to, they needed to make threes. They had to, they had to shoot 12 for 19 and really even more. Really, they should have been shooting at least 25, 33 pointers a game. That's their style. And the thing was when they weren't making those three pointers, they lost the game, you know, uh, the the big ones that they needed to, you know, I think back to the Kevin Ware Louisville game, you know, I think back to some games that they came back on a run to beat North Carolina and they 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 bang the three. Why am I saying this? Because the Yankees are the same exact way. They live and die by the home run ball. We talked about this yesterday. I had the Yankees to win the game. I thought Garrett Cole would go out there and pitch. I mean, I any anything better than what he did. That didn't happen. I thought the Yankees would get on the board with the home run ball. That didn't happen. However, the Yankees were two feet away two times with a Giancarlo Stanton homer off the green monster. Happened twice. If both of those balls travel two or three feet higher and go over the wall, we are talking about a totally different scenario right now. Well, I wouldn't be. I'd still be saying live and die by the home run because it proves last night. 
Last night's two at-bats with Giancarlo Stanton and really the whole entire, we'll get into statistics here, the entire game, I could not stop thinking back and go, if those two balls go over the wall, this is a totally different ball game because New York lives and dies by the three ball. Excuse me, they're not Duke. Duke lives and dies by the three ball. New York lives and dies by the home run ball. They had two last night. Two. They were both solo shots, and they both came. One of them came at a convenient time that sparked. Would have been nice if there was base runners on, but Stan's homer in the ninth was irrelevant. Seems like he was just trying to get one out of there, but that's the thing. The entire game, these guys come up to the plate. They're swinging for the fences, and when you are in October, that is not a recipe to win baseball games. You cannot do that. The Red Sox had a... They didn't they their lineup might not be as flashy as sexy as the as the Yankees with all their Bronx bombers but listen they put the bat on the ball they found the gaps they hit holes they ran the bases well unlike New York who ran themselves into an out a, a sure out you know when Stanton hit one clubbed one off the wall off the monster the Yankees here's another stat Here's 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 my favorite one of the entire game. The New York Yankees leadoff hitters were 0 for 9. Let me repeat that another way. Every time the Yankees went up to the plate in the top of the inning with nobody on, nobody out, a fresh start to the inning, they were swinging for the fences, and they were 0 for 9 doing it. That is not good baseball. That's not a good recipe for winning baseball. Can't be. You're 0 for 9? Come on. You can't get your leadoff guy on one freaking time. You hit two singles in the entire game? And one of them was off the green monster. What the hell does New York think that they are going to accomplish by sending out the same player at every position? Look around the diamond. Look through the lineup. Anthony Rizzo led off the game. It's a guy that's going to hit you 220 and about 30 to 40 homers. Aaron Judge, he hit next. He should have a, a higher batting average. Actually, him and Stanton were the only ones that did anything last night. It's not really the Judge and Stanton problem. They are they they are a fabulous one-two punch at three and four, and you have Gary Sanchez behind him at the five hole. That's not bad, but what the problem was. At the trade deadline, when New York realized it stared the problem right in the face and said, what's our issue? Well, we don't have guys that make good contact. We can't move runners. We can't find gaps. Sure, let's go add Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo. I get it. You don't have any lefty power hitters. 
But do you realize what you just did? Now your first five hitters, typically, DJ LeMayu would be in the lineup, typically. He would lead off. But you're, you've got guys all through that lineup that are nothing but a home run or a strikeout. And occasionally, they'll find the gap for a double when there's two, when there's two outs and nobody on, and it's completely irrelevant. And another thing. In the eighth inning, Boone pinch hit Sanchez. Like, I get it. I really do. You need to get him in there. But again, you live and die by the home run ball. And now you're down six to one. Sure, let's have Gary Sanchez lead it off. So so he hits a solo shot. What the hell does that do? Big deal. They needed guys on base. They should have tried to get guys on base and then brought in Gary Sanchez. If you don't get it, if you I mean, really, what does a solo shot do in that situation? Same thing with the Stanton solo shot in the ninth. It it is it's it's a damn shame. It started with Garrett Cole because Garrett Cole, like, literally, could not even go three innings. You got you want to talk about a nightmare? You you grew up Garrett Cole. You grew up a New York Yankees fan. You get a chance to pitch for the New York Yankees as their ace? And you are owned by the Boston Red Sox. I don't know how he slept last night. Probably didn't. But it's not even Garrett Cole's fault. Think about it. Even if Garrett Cole goes out there and pitches an average game or a good above average game against Boston, New York scored twice off two solo shots. One came in the ninth when the Red Sox were already booking flights to Tampa. Garrett Cole did not lose this game for the Yankees. The Yankees front office the Yankees organization lost the game against the Red Sox because, once again, you cannot send out, you know, nine guys who should be in the home run derby and expect to compete for a World Series. You know, I, I've, been, I've been saying this. this is, I've been actually saying this for a couple of years now. And when the Yankees went out and got DJ LeMayu, I said, thank you. This is what they needed. They need some they need some runners on base for when Stanton and Judge and Sanchez come up to the plate. Eh, what do they do at the all-star break? Trade deadline. Let's go get two power hitters who are gonna strike out half of their at bats. It's it's honestly, it's honestly they're they're arrogant. They have the second highest payroll. In Major League Baseball, the first highest in the American League. And they're one and done in the postseason. So how about tonight? Because, I mean, obviously last night, a fun night, a fun American League wild card game. Tonight, we have the National League wild card game in L.A. with the Dodgers and the St. Louis Cardinals. What a story the St. Louis Cardinals were in the month of September. Um, listen, 
the Cardinals at one point in time in the season were looked at to have, you know, a, a, a miserable bullpen. Jack Flaherty was was on the IL. You know, the t- the team couldn't hit the ball. It looked like um well, it, it looked like a failed project, bringing in Arenado and, and Goldschmidt and having those guys, and it just didn't seem like it was working out. But then here we are in the month of September, and the St. Louis Cardinals won 17 games in a row in the month of September. Uh, they clinched a wild card spot, you know, about a week before it was all said and done. So a team that was battling and at the bottom of the wild card race about a month ago. They wrapped it up with about a week to play, and they were able to, you know, they lost a couple of games to end the season to the Cubs, but that's just, you know, I think that was, they were coasting at that point. They had already sparked fire, won 17 games in a row, and here we are. They send out Adam Wainwright um, on the mound tonight against L.A. It's in L.A. So listen, Wainwright went up against L.A. in September, and and Waino gave up four runs on seven hits, now I know what you're thinking. Four runs, seven hits. That's that's uh it's not very good. Well, he did it on eight and a half innings or eight and a third innings of work. So he did record the victory, actually. The Cardinals won the ball game. He gave up four runs. But it wasn't against no Max Scherzer, and that's who we have coming on the mound for the Los Angeles Dodgers tonight. The Dodgers have won all 11 games with Mad Max on the mound, including a win in September over the Cardinals. Mad Max also shut out the Cardinals at the beginning of the season with the Nats before the trade even happened to L.A. I do think the Dodgers will struggle against Wainwright. I see a low-scoring game. I think they are going to struggle immensely with the breaking ball from Adam Wainwright. And as of late, the Dodgers really haven't been hitting the ball um, the best of their ability. Mad Max has been very good for the Dodgers. Max Muncy will be out for the Dodgers tonight. And I, I really do think the Dodgers are going to struggle tonight. But it is to be noted that... The Dodgers have scored at least four runs in all 11 of Scherzer's starts with the Dodgers since the since that trade. They've scored five or more in all but three of those games. So this this has advantage Dodgers written all over it. If this if this becomes a pitching duel, the Dodgers have shown that they are able to put up the runs um with Scherzer on the mound. Even if the Dodgers do struggle with Wainwright, I believe the depth of LA will, will will overpower and they will come out on top. This is this game is for everything. Don't think the Dodgers won't go Mad Max followed by Walker Bueller or Julio Urias. It's just this it it, it sucks because the Cardinals struck fire and here they are going up against the Dodgers of all teams. The Dodgers are in a one game wild card at the beginning of the season. If you would have told if you would have told any team in the National League that the wild card would be in LA hosted by the Dodgers, well every every manager in the National League would have said, "Well, we have to win our division." Because it was not expected for the Dodgers to be sitting there in the one-game playoff, okay? It is inevitable that the Dodgers are the better team with the better pitchers, the better bullpen. 
you know, by far the better rotation. If this was a series, the Cardinals would stand no chance just simply based off of Mad Max, Walker Bueller, Urias, Clayton Kershaw, if he can be healthy. The Cardinals actually, it, it's a gift that this is a one-game play, playoff because it gives them hope. It gives them a chance. You know, O'Neal goes yard in the first inning. Who the hell knows? That dude was player of the month for the National League in September. This game was a. This game is exactly what the Cardinals played themselves into. And I'm not saying that they shy away and they 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 don't show up because of course you show up in LA. You have just as good a chance to win this game on any given night in in October than the Dodgers do, especially with the struggling bats and Cody Bellinger being irrelevant. Mad Max is out. Max Muncy, that is. It it's it's written a Hollywood script for the Cardinals to pull off an upset here. But what you're not understanding is the Hollywood team is not from St. Louis. The Hollywood team is actually in L.A., and it is the Dodgers. Listen, this team was built for a World Series. They have the number one payroll in all of baseball. They're not going down in a wild card game against the St. Louis Cardinals, a team at the All-Star break who were thought of as an afterthought, and nobody gave them a chance to win uh, anything and go to the playoffs. Nobody gave them a shot. Not even Cardinals fans gave them a shot. But I'll tell you what, tonight, well, the stage is set. The movie is ready to be made for the St. Louis Cardinals. But I don't think that they're going to have the proper actors or the proper directors to make the film hit the theaters. I think it's a close game. I think it's a low-scoring game, even though those stats that I said back up Max Scherzer and the Dodgers scoring a lot of runs. I think the Dodgers struggle with the off speed. I think they struggle with the breaking ball tonight. And I see the Dodgers coming away with a 2-0 home win. And then we will get the matchup that we have all wanted since really the Padres became irrelevant and we realized that the National League West became um, Dodgers, Giants. And that's what this is going to be. It's not going to be a National League Championship Series. Can't be. No way. No way in hell. No way. But in the NLDS, we'll break it down. But I think I'm going to roll with the Dodgers. You got to win tonight, though. Got to win tonight. That's why the wild card is so key. It's a one-gamer. And that's why this is so big for the Giants. If you If you think the Giants aren't sitting at home rooting for the Cardinals tonight, you're nuts. You're nuts. You're nuts. The Giants fans may be on social media, we want LA, we want... No, you don't. You don't want the Dodgers. You do not want the Dodgers. The Dodgers were built to win the World Series. The Giants were not. Not this year. I didn't think the Giants should... I didn't even think the Giants would be in the postseason at the preseason. I've said that multiple times. I didn't have them in. Did not have them in. 
Uh, what, what do I know, though? Tonight, Dodgers, Cardinals. It's going to be fun. I'm going to be watching. I'm going to have my eyes on it. I'll give you my recap tomorrow. So, um, last week, we introduced the Burley Gunner Show GOAT bracket here on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network on the Burley Gunner Show. The bracket includes eight goats who I have in the past called the goat in their, you know, respectful sports. And I've also taken consideration um, from just the obvious, okay, um, and then I threw a, a fun one in there. So here's the bracket. The bracket goes in no in no particular seed. I actually randomized this on the show last week. Mariano Rivera versus Tom Brady. Um, Tom Brady, obviously a given. Mariano is the only baseball player that made this list that's going to be on this cut. I just think that... When you talk about baseball players and you talk about the greatest baseball player of all time, I think that it's too close of a gap. There's too many guys at the top of that list and no one really stands ahead, um, in my opinion, over another one as far as Mariano Rivera does the second best closer in the game. There's not even a, 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 a there's not even a guy that you could throw in an argument to take down Mariano Rivera. So that is the first matchup. The second matchup we have is Serena Williams versus Tiger Woods. I think that's very fitting because those are both um respectfully they they are both respectfully the best in what they do. Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer of all time. He changed the sport. He's the reason that you and I and and 90% of the people listening to this podcast are golfing on the weekends because of Tiger Woods and he's the one who made it popular. He's the one who electrified the whole thing and made it a common sport in 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 every in every household. And Serena Williams, the greatest tennis player of all time, the greatest female tennis player of all time, and the greatest tennis player of all time, uh, male or female. So that's a, that's a solid matchup. That was randomized. That was a, that was a great um, that was a great draw right there. Being able to break down. So we'll we'll break that one down in another uh, another uh, episode. Uh, the third matchup we have is Michael Jordan versus Wayne Gretzky. Obviously, Michael Jordan is 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 a given. He's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. A lot of people mark him in as the GOAT, so he's in there. Wayne Gretzky, who is the greatest hockey player of all time, and a lot of people's uh, a lot of people who listen to this show, a lot of the people who listen to the Cleveland Sports Fan Network will tell you that Wayne Gretzky should win this tournament as he is the GOAT of all goats when you when you talk about greatest hockey player of all time i i think the gap between i think the gap between wayne gretzky and the next guy is completely i mean that is just it's too much the gap between jordan and lebron is close i think the gap in major league baseball is really really close and then obviously football it's not because tom brady is obviously the goat in football 
But that's going to be a fun matchup. LeBron James will be in this tournament, obviously. So there's seven. Mariano Rivera, Tom Brady, Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and LeBron James. If I miss somebody, I'm really sorry. Those are the top seven goats. I threw an eighth one in here because I wanted to get creative and I wanted to get fun. And if I talk about, you know, sports entertainment and you talk about boxing and you talk about UFC and MMA and stuff like that, you got to throw in the WWE, in my opinion. So we'll throw in John Cena as the greatest, you know, sports entertainer of all time. We'll throw him in the mix. Oddly enough, he's probably going to get knocked out in the first round um, against LeBron James. You know what? Let's just do that one. We'll, we'll nip that one in the butt right now. John Cena, great. He he's the greatest WWE superstar of all time. I know The Rock says he's the most electrifying. John Cena is the most electrifying. That guy, not for for you know for the, his entirety of his career, drew the attention of the WWE fan base. And, and no matter if they were booing or cheering or hating or loving, it didn't matter. They were there. And as soon as John Cena's entrance music came off, the place got rowdy and, and it was electric. So John Cena's the greatest WWE superstar. And I think if you talk about boxing and MMA, I know this isn't going to be a popular decision. But for me, I think he stands alone just because I, the, the amount of tickets that guy has sold, the amount of you know promos that guy has been involved in, the amount of titles chases fake or not that that he has been involved in is just is just crazy you aren't you don't just walk into the wwe and they make you you know a, a 16 time wwe champion just because of your looks you do that because you are a dominating sports performer kind of like daniel bryan guy was a pipsqueak all right he was electric in the WWE. Why? Because he had a mind of his own. He had a brain just like CM Punk. CM Punk is no big guy. CM Punk is no guy that just runs out there and it looks intimidating. But, you know, he could really carry that audience with the microphone and what he, his wordplay and him being involved in the matches and what he does really elevated himself. So we threw John Cena in here, but we are going to go John Cena elimination here, uh, a, a first round exit for Cena. As LeBron James obviously is the greater GOAT. So we're going to go ahead. We're not going to get into LeBron's resume. There's no reason to. We don't need to. He will be featured in the next matchup that, you know, ironically enough, um, we're going to have two basketball in here. And ironically enough, Michael Jordan and LeBron James aren't going to have a chance to meet up in the finals because if Michael Jordan passes Wayne Gretzky, which we will talk about on the next show tomorrow, Michael Jordan goes up against LeBron James, so we're going to get that one out of the way for the semifinals. So, again, a fun thing we're going to do here throughout the next week or so on the Burley Gunner Show, the GOAT bracket, again, featuring Mariano Rivera, Tom Brady, Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, LeBron James, John Cena, who just got eliminated. Really good show. We will have um, an electrifying show again tomorrow with... The talk of tonight's matchup between the Dodgers and the Cardinals. We will also get into um, tomorrow's NFL matchup between the uh, Seahawks and the Rams. I think that is going to be a hell of a ball game. Uh, both teams are, well, 
kind of hot. The Seahawks come off a big win against the division rival 49ers. And then you have the Rams who just lost a game last week to division rival Cardinals. So now you're going to have those two going up on a short week on a Thursday night football game. We'll break that down in the morning on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com. And on Apple Podcast, I'm Burley Gunner and this, The Burley Gunner Show.